0: Somehow we're still making men the ones who are responsible for money, which is one of the things I think as moms, we can turn that around.
1: Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen.
2: This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today I am with Amy Dupree, she's an internationally respected expert on lifestyle issues related to retirement, aging, caregiving, and family dynamics. Affectionately referred to as Dr. Amy, she provides down-to-earth practical and professional informed guidance on life transitions to individuals, professionals, and organizations. She's been doing it for over 30 years. and I am honored to call her a friend and a colleague. So today, why did I invite Amy back to the program? Well, I thought Dr. Amy and I could bust some myths around mothers, daughters, and financial literacy. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about how moms can be financial role models, what often gets in the way of women thinking they can do this for their daughters or their nieces and the the other women in their life, and most importantly, give you some concrete tools to get out there and be a role model during Financial Literacy Month and Beyond. So welcome, Dr. Amy,
0: to the podcast. Thanks, Kathleen. I am so happy to be with you again.
2: I am psyched you are here. We always have fun. The last time I think I had you on was maybe my 100th episode, or maybe we did one after that, but I just love having these
0: conversations with you. you. <laughs> We just need more than 20 minutes. That's what I think.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, we'll see what we can do in 2025. So today, as I said, we're talking about uh, moms and daughters or even aunts and nieces. Um, I'm prone to that because I don't have kids and, and feel The niece relationship is very special, but I'm wondering in your opinion, uh, given your expertise and the fact that you're also a mother, uh, what's your opinion of who's the biggest influencer on the next generation's financial habits and literacy? Is it parents? Is it schools? Is it mothers,
0: daughters, something else? I do think it's parents. And I do think, you know, that mother-daughter relationship is so important. I, you know, I always say more is caught than taught. And I think a lot of times we don't realize how much our kids are just watching us and what we do and who we are. And I, that doesn't rule out dads. Of course, they have a huge impact as well. And I love KBK that you talk about aunts and all the other grandparents, you know, because it's not really just mom and dads, but I do think mom and dads are the biggest influence.
2: Absolutely. I would agree that it's it's parents and significant caregivers, but I also want to encourage people out there that if you have a young person in your life, you can be a financial role model for that person. Now, I know that you had a mom and you are a mom, mm-hmm. and I certainly had a mother, and I think back to her role modeling to me. And one of the things that I always saw was her balancing the checkbook and paying the bills and my belief or my impression was as a young girl that my parents made their financial decisions together, which I think was accurate. Hmm. So, you know, every family is different, but, you know, what do you see maybe either in your own life or what do you think parents should look for when they're teaching their kids about money and how might moms be involved in that?
0: Well, I I think back, you know, I think about it as a daughter and as a mom. So as a daughter, I watched my parents and my parents had a lot of financial stress and my mother was always stressed around money, but she also managed the money. So that was, you know, a good role model for me that way. But I did really think I pick up picked up messages about that money was a very stressful topic. And that was something I had to unwind over time in my life that, you know, you you can actually be in control of your financial life and not be stressed by it all the time. As a mom though, I have this perspective of about my daughter that she, I know she is watching me all the time and I watch how she talks about money and I can hear myself in some of that. But then I'm also watching that she has been impacted culturally by, you know, I, I think about it as the, the Amazon culture, right? That overnight can have everything tomorrow, everything tomorrow. So I'm always trying to both balance being the role model in how I behave, but also being pretty direct about some messaging around money so that she has the right start in life. She's 19 now, you know, and is able to feel like she's in control of her financial life. So I think we have to both role model, but also have the conversations.
2: Yes. I think that, you know, our society sends so many mixed messages to millennials and Gen Zs about money, celebrity, get it fast, get it quick. You know, it's about the money, it's not about something else. And so Mm -hmm. I do think we need to sit down, obviously, and break money silence with our kids. And so, you know, I don't know. Do you think dads are more prone to having those conversations and educating kids about finance? Or do you think it's moms or, or what?
0: You know, I think society still so much puts it in the hands of men, right? If and I'm, I'm always shocked when I read this survey research that shows that even young women are not feeling, they're not, they know they should be doing more around their money. And I mean, young as in twenties, thirties, forties, everything's starting to seem young to be honest, like, maybe hey, soon I I I'll be agree. saying young women in their seventies, I don't know, but, <laughs> but young women who, you know, say, yeah, I know I should be doing more, but I'm not. I read, you know, another study about that recently. And I thought, Somehow we're still making men the ones who are responsible for money, which is one of the things I think as moms, we can turn that around. You know, there are many messages in the financial services
2: industry and in mass media about women not being financially literate or good investors as a, as compared to men. It really frustrates me because I think in some ways it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and we need mm-hmm. to be sending more positive messages to the women about their relationship with money. But I'm wondering, you know, what do you think about how these messages impact moms or grandmoms or even aunts? Uh, As they are thinking about themselves as being a role model for their children or their next generation's financial literacy?
0: I do think it impacts. And, you know, I do this workshop called Women, Wealth, and Wisdom for Clients uh, about helping women become more proactive and confident around money. And after the, back when we did these in person, there'd be a reception and I'd chat with women. And I've probably chatted with thousands of women across North America about this topic. And very successful women. And often there, there are these themes. And I do think it, it, it comes from, you know, as you said, it's almost in the ether, right? About the messages we get around money. And women come out less confident quite frequently in surveys. And I always joke and say, you know, that's confident, not competent. So don't, you know, don't buy into this. And I think as women, we need to encourage each other in this area to be, to, to step into our power around this right to to learn what we need to learn to feel confident because i think we've almost created this idea that money is something that is so hard to learn how to invest and do things that you know oh i just don't have the time or the energy to deal with it and what we know again later in life and i've seen people in you know answering surveys saying i wished i hadn't done that i wished i'd known sooner you know, we know as women often end up single later in life, either through divorce or widowhood or because they chose to be single, that they then sometimes go, ooh, I dropped the ball on this. And I think we we need to work to not keep these myths going about women and money. And we need to say, Okay, how can we as women step into our power and not buy into what society tells us? And probably some of the lessons that we got from our families without even realizing it, right? That we didn't have to worry about money so much.
2: Right, and there's even studies that show that uh, when you look at parents, maybe not even consciously, but they tend to talk to their sons about investments more than they talk to their daughters. Now let's take a short break. Hey, it's Kathleen Burns Kingsbury and I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to just tell you about a service that I provide that may be of interest to you or your family or one of your clients. It's Individual Money Mindset Coaching. What does that mean? That means I work with individuals to help them identify their automatic thoughts and beliefs about money and help them feel more comfortable and confident when it comes to finances. It is a short-term program that can really take you from being uncomfortable or a little fearful around money to being really confident. So if you're interested in finding out more, feel free to email me at kbk at breakingmoneysilence.com. And let's set up a quick phone call and see if Money Mindset Coaching is for you. Let's get back to the episode. You know one of the things i would love to see in the headlines i would love to see a study done on men in overconfidence and instead of the headline going women aren't (laughs) financially confident crisis crisis you know have it say men are overconfident and it's causing them problems crisis crisis you know we don't talk about the fact that men often in these surveys overestimate their abilities and that's a problem on the other end of the spectrum If you look at financial literacy in this country, in the U.S. and also in Canada, what you will find is we just aren't very financially literate. So, you know, while we're talking about mothers today and we're talking about gender, (laughs) I think it's really important to highlight that, you know, the men don't have it all figured out.
0: No, I love you. Just said that. Wouldn't that be a great headline? You know. Yeah, let's do that research. <laughs> because you, you probably know this more than I do, KBK. But I actually think there's research that shows that women, as investors, tend to do better than men because they aren't overconfident. That that they 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 kind of go the distance, right? And so ultimately, I think they they often do better. So that's why I always say, you know, women. It's not a. It's not a competence issue. So what do we do to get you to feel more confident? And then how do you pass that on to your kids? Right. And I think part of it, it's interesting, both you and I had moms who we saw writing the checks.
2: Yes. But but what I didn't see was my
0: mother investing. No, nor did my parents didn't, you know, weren't of that financial level to be doing investing, but I think you're right. I did. and, And what I didn't see was my mother feeling secure about money, which yes. had a huge yep. impact on me? And so, I and and I we're also not talking about something else here, which is we're you know I'm talking about yes, your kids are watching you, mom, and you know a lot of times as moms we'll do things for our kids that we won't do for ourselves. So if the fact that your kids are watching you helps you step up to the plate more about okay, I've got to make sure that I'm on top of this and you know, that I'm conveying that as well as the messages I give. That's a good takeaway, I think, right? If we step in because, well, okay, maybe I don't see the importance in my own life, but I want to be a good teacher to my kids. That's an important part, right? Yes.
2: I think if that's a motivation, that's great. I also think that it's really important for people to know that you can be a financial role model. You don't have to be an expert In everything, and you don't have to be perfect. In fact, nobody's perfect with money. So I do think there's this gender tendency that may be shifting, but that you know, if I don't have it 100% right, then I'm not going to do this. Where it's okay to mess up, and in fact, as a wealth psychology expert and coach, I want people to mess up around money and then have conversations with their kids about yes. what they learned from that mistake wow. because that is a super valuable lesson that I know you know a lot of us have not been taught that it's okay oh, yes. to mess up and it's what it's really what about learning okay I messed up what am I going to do differently how do I move forward and just not make the same mistake again
0: And that was, that was the point I wanted to come back to. You just said it exactly perfectly that we have to, we have to be open about money conversations. And, you know, here's what I hear. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want my kids to know how much money I have. That, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about just what you said. I love that. Like I, I had a situation of a few years ago where I had this rather large tax bill I wasn't expecting. And another bill from the accountant that was bigger than I thought. And I talked to my daughter about it. And she was at that point, I think, 15 or 16. You should see how wide her eyes got when I talked about this. But I said, sometimes things happen. You know, I run my own business and this is how this happened. And now I learned from that it'll never happen again. But even at this stage, sometimes I make money mistakes. And when I do, I just work to fix it. And then I've learned something that I won't repeat and I'm sharing it with you because now you won't ever have it happen. Right. But I call these essential conversations, you know, you know, talking to the most important people about the most important things in our lives. So part of what I see as a big money problem, and you know, you're, (laughs) this is your whole thing. Breaking money silence is people don't talk about it. And so then we're left to kind of get our messages from what we assume. Yes. And we tend
2: to assume that everybody else has it figured out.
0: Yes. Yes. And that is something that I do hear women say a lot that they're embarrassed, even as we've talked about this before. I think, you know, they don't want to ask their advisors questions because I should already know this. I think, well, if you already knew it, you might be an advisor yourself. You might not be. Right. So we're, we don't have to be all experts in all things, as you said. Yeah,
2: no, I think that's a great point. I'm glad that we're focusing in on that. Now, with that said, I'm wondering if there is one lesson that either you as a mother or you as somebody who has worked with a lot of women that you think we should be teaching our daughters. And I know that's a big question because there's a lot of lessons to be taught. But what is one lesson that stands out for you that we should really be focusing in on as we role model to the next generation of women?
0: Okay, well, I'm going to sneak in two because I can't help it, but... That's fine. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take two. <laughs> one of them is to, to absolutely stay on top of your money, to not, to not think that you can offload that to a partner or a spouse, that you have to stay in the game around money forever. You have to know what's going on with your money. So that's one. The other one that I think is so key is this idea of delayed gratification, that you know, you can't have, it it is an Amazon culture, right? Get it overnight tomorrow. And I think this idea that saving for something and that there, there is such pleasure in that whole process. And I think teaching delayed gratification and the benefits of it are, is an amazing lesson to give your kids.
2: Yes. You know what flashed into my mind? I'm 10 years old I'm sitting in the Navy exchange in Illinois because that's where my father was stationed at the time. And I had spent months saving for, ready, a cassette player. That'll tell you my age. A cassette player of my very own. I even remember how much it was. It was like $32.10. And I saved and I saved and I saved and I went in uh, to buy that cassette recorder. And it felt so good to be able to plop down, I'm sure it was dollars and change, on the counter and get my cassette player. And so I don't think we have enough of those experiences anymore. So that is great advice. Great advice, and you know,
0: I, 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 when you said that, I saw myself with the uh, clock radio that I saved for, you know, <laughs> with the numbers that used to go click as they turned over, and <laughs> yes, which tells you my age. And I remember saving for that, and I can still picture that clock radio. You know, I listened to Casey Kasem on that clock radio for years, so. <laughs> That is funny. So what we're
2: talking about is being mindful with money and teaching young people how to be mindful, because when you have to save and you have to delay gratification, you're more mindful. Like, I can't tell you a purchase around this, you know, when I got my first credit card that is as memorable as that cassette player. That's because I got to just throw down the plastic and
0: buy it. Right, right. And I think that that is that you know, delayed gratification has sounds so negative, but I think it's that idea of, you know, being able to save up and there's a sense, didn't you feel such a sense of pride and control when you did that?
2: Oh, I did. I thought, you know, I thought now I'm an adult. Of course I was 10. Yes.
0: I had a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> so those are those are the things I would say is, you know, delayed gratification, but saving and the, and the, the fun and the joy in it, not in, in the punishment of it. I think we have to turn it. Like, this is a fun thing that we're doing. And, you know, you can do that as a family by saving for a vacation together or something, right? And being able to watch how that is growing and getting ready for the vacation. There's, you know, a lot of the joy is in the planning of things and waiting for them. And then the idea of don't make, don't give your money, power, and decisions to someone else without knowing what's going on yourself.
2: Yeah, I think that that's really important too. That's really uh, great advice, I think those two tips for women. I want to also address financial advisors, Dr. Amy, Mm. because both of us work a lot with financial advisors and help them communicate with a variety of different types of clients, but certainly women, mom, next generation. So what advice would you have for a financial professional listening in about how they can either be a financial role model and or coach their clients to do that?
0: I love that idea, and I, I love you use the word coach. I think it's all in the approach with women clients, right? To make sure that again you have open conversation, you create a zone of safety where you can talk about these kind of things. You know, I, I again I just read another research study. I really don't sit around reading research all the time, but <laughs> people hand me things, and I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. And it was the idea that advisors rate themselves so high on a variety of things with their clients and their clients were significantly lower. So I think we have to recognize, you know, advisors need to say, I actually probably need to do more than I think I need to do with these clients for them to, you know, understand the messaging I'm giving. And with women it's, Hey, I want to be here to make you feel like you can trust me and that I I will help you be more confident if that's an issue. I will teach you and share with you information, not as a pedantic, you know, oh, I know better than you way, but as a guide by the side. And I think the conversation I always love if they'll have with their women clients is around, how would you like our relationship to be? What would you like from me so that this feels as comfortable for you and you have that confidence And what do you need from me to be a role model for your kids? Maybe it's meeting with the next generation at some point too.
2: I love that question because you're at that. What would you need me to do to help, you know, to be a role model to you and your Mm -hmm. kids is so direct and so helpful. A client may not know, or they may have an idea, but also it is a point where you're saying I'm willing to take that role so they can always come back and answer that question. Uh, You know, at a later date. And so, you know, one of the things that I think is really important, and I talk about it in my book, Breaking Money Silence, is the idea of financial advisors accepting that whether they like it or not, they're role models. And so if they can do it more consciously, and they can do it in ways uh, that are fun and innovative and creative, because I think that is part of the reason Women haven't been satisfied with the financial services industry, and quite frankly, millennials aren't either. Is because it doesn't have that creative, emotional human feel that I know both you and I are working on. And, you know, in that vein, you have a wonderful new program out there. I guess it's not that new anymore; it's been around for a little while, but it's new to our audience. So, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the program you have for helping advisors, for helping clients, and then a little bit more about where people can connect with you. And before you do that, I just want to say we are going to continue the conversation because you were right. 20, 25 minutes is never enough with you.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, first of all, people can connect with me always on LinkedIn, you know, and my website is life instead of .com. And so, please feel free to jump on there. I would love to connect. I always, you know, I have great conversations with both advisors and clients about different things and love that via social media. And our program is called Trusted Advisor of Choice. And we've now had thousands of advisors go through it. And it's really about how to have a different kind of conversation with your clients around a variety of life transition topics. I come through the lens of life transitions and I say they have four implications practical, emotional, family, and financial. And I teach a process for how do you go to where the client is and then segue back to that financial conversation where you're always deepening relationships. All the work I do is about deepening human connection. And we have both the the content and the process and great tools that you can share with your clients. And I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to talk about it. And you know, you and I do work that is very synergistic. And I'm, I think that what we both have is the goal that people have a better relationship with money and that advisors are really both enjoying their business more and more successful by helping clients have better relationships with their money.
2: Oh, absolutely. I would agree. So we're going to put a link to that program and all your social media information in the podcast write-up. And also... I don't know it off the top of my head, but Dr. Amy's been nice enough to give a promo code so anybody out there who is a financial advisor can get a little bit of a discount for being a fan of Breaking Money Silence and listening uh, to this podcast or any podcast that Life Transitions by Dr. Amy has been nice enough to sponsor. So as always, it has been so fun to break money silence with you. Thank you for your time and your expertise.
0: Thank you, KBK.
2: This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit DrAmy.life.
1: Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.